0: War Eagle. This is War Bloggle with Bloggle spot number 205. It is September 20th. That means fall. Is is it tomorrow or the next day? It's 21st or 22nd. Uh, Anyway, September 22nd. It's about 520. It's 89 degrees outside. Too hot. Um, And it's Wednesday. You know what that means. Business socks. Wait. No. Uh, So not a huge... Huge newsworthy day. Um, nothing really happened. Um, but I guess a few things I didn't talk about yesterday. Yesterday was kind of the first one, first bloggle spot I'd done in a week or so. So I kind of recapped the games and things that happened since then. Uh, two or three things I did not talk about were the dismissal of Sean White, um, the departure of Byron Cowart and Auburn's football schedule. (gasps) Tired, people. Auburn's football schedule for 2018. So let's go back to Sean White. Uh, So after the the Mercer game, which I don't know if if this played a part in it, but Sean White did not play against Mercer. He probably thought he was going to get to play against Mercer. But apparently that night He had a few too many or maybe inhaled a few too many, I don't know. I have no idea. But he was under the influence in public, arrested right by the police office, police department. um, Doing something that obviously drew their attention and he he was drunk in public. I was drunk in a bar You threw me in public, if I get that reference. Anyway, drunk, high, I don't know. Under the influence of something, enough that he would get arrested. Now, he's walking by the police department, so apparently he might live over there. I don't know. That was a rumor. Uh, But either way, you might remember, some people forgot this in their defense of Sean White. He was suspended for the first two games of the season. All right, so let's think about it. Um, Nick Marshall got suspended for one game because they kind of smelled weed or found drug paraphernalia in his car on a traffic stop. Didn't even get a real ticket, just got a citation. Um, Cameron Petway got pulled over for some weird reason, didn't really get a ticket, just had a citation. Uh, So they were one-game suspensions. Sean White had to serve two. So obviously his suspension this year was either something happened twice over the summer or it was something bigger or it's not the first time it's happened uh it's all of those things actually but sean white i mean i liked him i thought he was a good gritty player auburn was good when he was healthy last year auburn won six games in a row and then he got hurt and we lost against georgia because he was hurt we lost to ole miss or not Ole Miss, Oklahoma. He was fine. He's scoring touchdowns. We're leading and then he gets hurt and it all went to pot. So I liked him on the football field. You could tell he had a little bit of Florida in him because he's from Florida. But you know, he was given multiple chances. Maybe even too many chances if you, if, if you want to look at it that way. I don't know. I would say around the realm of five to six chances to fix problems Um, and I'm saying that because I'm I'm stressing that point because when he got uh, kicked off the team of course the people who want to find any reason to hate Gus Malzahn I mean has you know it could be anything they turned it into well how dare you just kick a guy to the curb get him some help well if you've gotten five or six chances which sure most people don't know that, but he ha- he has gotten five or six chances. Obviously, he did something bad enough or uh, recurring enough that he had to sit out two games this year, more than anybody else. A two-game suspension is pretty big. Um, and then within six days of getting off that suspension, got arrested. Now, if he was arrested for being drunk, coming home from the bar, which is what a good percentage of the of Auburn's college population is doing every Friday and Saturday night anyway I mean you could say you know if he what if that it just you know bad luck he was walking home drunk like everybody else was and and the cops got him but obviously they picked him out for some reason he was doing something either way six days after getting off suspension you are drunk enough or something messed up enough around the police department to get arrested. That's not a good decision. I mean, Malzahn said it. He's just made too many bad decisions. They wish him the best. They've given him all the help he can get. They've given him multiple chances to fix it, and he won't fix it. So at that point, the way to fix it, you're the next step, if you're the coach, if you're the, the football program, the next step to make him realize he needs to shape up is to kick him off the team. That's not kicking him to the curb and hating him and saying, Oh, he's got, you know, problems and we're not dealing with them. He can handle those himself. They've already done that. They've they've ha- tried to handle them for him. They tried to let him handle them by keeping him on the team. And let's not act like Sean White's gonna go live in the gutter right now. He's he'll go somewhere else. I don't know if he's gonna finish school at Auburn so he can be a graduate transfer or somewhere else next year. But He's, he, he's going to be fine in terms of living and having a situation. It's not like Auburn should have kept him on and paid for him to go to rehab or anything. Like, whatever. But, I mean, the, at some point, kicking off is the help. It's the wake-up call. So, again, I like Sean White. He, he's obviously made some college kids' decisions. But he's made a lot of them, and he's on the football team, and he literally just got off suspension and got arrested again. You have to make an example. You have to help in a tough way, and that's what Gus did. I mean, of course, Alabama fans tweeting me, I thought it was the AU family. I mean, sure, he played at Auburn. He won a lot of games at Auburn. He never played against Alabama. That's a kind of a weird stat. As much as he's played, he never played against Alabama. But that has nothing to do with AU family or the Auburn family. AU family can do whatever he wants to, do, but Auburn family, that has nothing to do with it. The help is kicking him off at this point because suspending him is obviously not working. So, whatever. In terms of Byron Coward, and most people didn't want Sean White to play anyway, they wanted Jared to sit him. They were like, Sean White, we like you and all. You're a great competitor, mainly because he's the second string and you sort of feel sorry for him. <clears throat> but you didn't want him to play anyway. Byron Cowart, five star. By some publications, was the number one recruit in the nation. What, two years ago? This is his third year, I guess. Um, just never lived up to his billing. He might have fallen into the hype. Maybe all the hype was wrong. That's the problem with recruiting height. You have no idea what this kid's going to be when he gets to college. And it affects them anyway because they think they're going to come in and right in and play. I'm not saying that's how Byron was. I think that a little bit of that was was in him, that he thought he was just going to come show up and play. But he has been beaten out two years in a row by a freshman. Um, As a sophomore and a junior, he's been beaten out by a freshman. and he's made a few plays this year. I remember hearing his name on good tackles and things like that, but just didn't live up. And you can, again, people who want to find a reason to hate on, go from, go, I mean, they go straight to, oh, can't develop talent. Look at it. Just, we got a five star in here and he turns into a bust. All right. We'll tell that to Montrevious Adams, Jeff Holland, Carl Lawson, um, Any of those other guys who were extremely successful under uh, Rodney Garner, Kevin Steele, and ultimately Gus Malzahn—I mean—and good, luckily, fortunately, national media has has had that sentiment. I saw Andy Staples, a few other guys. You know, of course, Georgia or Alabama fans going to, or Florida fans, because they really wanted to. Going to them and saying, ha, ha, look at Auburn, can't even keep a five-star. Can't even make him elite like he should be. And all of them pretty much said, all the national media that I saw said pretty much the same thing. Uh, Tell that to Carl Lawson, Montrevious Adams, Jeff Holland, all these other guys, Marlon Davidson, that are extremely successful under the same coaching. Uh, So a lot of times it's just move to the next level. They're not as good for example you could be awesome in coach pitch baseball you could tear that ball up and when you get to kid pitch you're just not that good you can't hit the ball and the kids thrown to you when the kid throws it to you same thing right so you know and another thing was that Byron, you know he wanted to leave because of playing time and his mom is sick she's in Florida he wants to be around her he wouldn't get to play a ton so i don't think you i don't know he might go play for florida and they'll win eight games every year but or, win the East and losing this championship game every year. But they, you know, it's not – losing Sean White is not going to hurt Auburn. I mean, I, all all offseason, I was saying it was a great thing to have Sean White as the backup because he's – if he is used, he's done it before. That was a strength of Auburn this year. It, losing him for that reason I guess hurts a little bit. But all you'd be doing – by him playing, is taking a tiny step down of Jared Sittum because it's pretty much the same guy. Uh, Jared can just sling it a little bit better. Uh, so this, and if Jared gets hurt, knock on what he won't. But Malik Willis will come in and he's supposedly athletic and really what this offense is built for at, at the quarterback position. I still want Jared Sittum to play 100%, I'm just saying. Uh, so losing him won't be a big deal. Losing Byron Cowell won't be a big deal. He hasn't been playing, so people want to make it a big deal. They want to act like it's Malzahn losing control or whatever. But if you've given a kid six, five to six uh, chances and he's still going out messing up, you've done all you can do. Um, this goes back to ball on the field. They can coach all they want, but if a wide receiver drops the ball or the team drops the ball five times that's on the players it's the coach's job to get them ready but once they're out there that's on the players just like once the players are out on a saturday night that's on them especially when they've been in trouble six times at some point we've got to give put something on the kids and quit acting like gus malzahn stealing your money out of your pocket and making you mad because the football team's losing one game against the defending national champion that everybody Thanks is awesome this year. Either way, um, the Auburn football schedule came out for next year. We already knew most of it. Did I already talk about this yesterday? I kind of felt like I did. Washington at, in the Chick-fil-A game, they're probably going to be good. I think they lose their quarterback this year. Jake, am I making that name up? I don't know. But I think they lose their quarterback, but they've been growing and growing with Chris Peterson who was at Boise State. So that'll be a tough game. Uh, Then I think Alabama State. If I've already memorized this thing, Alabama State, LSU at home, Arkansas at home, Southern Miss at home. Uh, Then Auburn goes on the road to Mississippi State. Uh, I want to say they come back home and play at Ole Miss and then it's off. Tennessee somewhere in there. That Tennessee game will be good because Auburn will win the 7th or 8th in a row uh, in that series. We need to claim they're our our biggest rival, I think, uh, in that case. Because, you know, when you beat Tennessee 10 years in a row or whatever, then they're your biggest rival. So you can say that you're beating your rival a lot. Uh, And then Georgia and Alabama. On the road, the worst, dumbest thing in the world that I don't know why we can't fix or why it has anything to do with the scheduling or anything like that. No other team in the nation has to do that. It's a little better now because we played Liberty between them, coached by Turner Gill, Charles Barkley's favorite coach, um, who they beat Baylor this year in their 3-0, and so it's not like they're a slouch. But it's a little bit better that they're in between because you get Georgia, a break, and then Alabama. But to have your two biggest rivals who are actually good teams, it's not like Tennessee having to go on the road to Vanderbilt and Kentucky. They're two biggest rivals, supposedly, or um, they end of the year rivals. No team does that. No team in the nation has to go on the road two times in three weeks against teams like Georgia and Alabama. It's ridiculous. I yell about this five times a year. It's ridiculous okay great we get them at both at home one year well that means the other year you're gonna lose at least one of those if Auburn can go on the road and beat Georgia and Alabama in the same year to end the season the Auburn should win the national championship or one of those teams is going to be bad or both of those teams going to be bad but it's just it's it's yeah win your games and you're a good team but nobody else is having to do it in a in a In a sport like college football where you're not looking at standings all the time, you're looking, you're trying to compare wins and losses, that is a uncomparable situation because nobody else has to do that. And it's not like, I don't know, I can't even think of anybody who does it or anything close to it. Yes, we're banking on the idea that Georgia and Alabama are good at that time but they're also your rivals. That's your biggest games, and you've got to go play both of them on the road at the end of the season. It's dumb. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's it. Bloggle spot number 205, done, War Eagle.